This is Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing with Dr. Denise Johnson, a show dedicated to the integration of spirituality, faith, mental health, and emotional wellness. I believe where your spirit leads, your emotions, power, and destiny will follow. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing, and I am your host, Christian emotional wellness expert and licensed mental health professional, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the topic for today's show is Relationships, It's a Struggle, How Therapeutic Support Services Can Provide Hope. And my guest is Alexia McLeod. Alexia McLeod, LCSW, is a passionate, experienced, and dedicated therapist, motivational speaker, business owner, mother, wife, and mentor, who is the CEO and founder of Therapeutic Center for Hope Incorporated in Wellington, Florida. She earned her bachelor's degree in social work and psychology and her master's degree in social work from Florida State University. And she is licensed as a mental health professional in the state of Florida. The Therapeutic Center for Hope specializes in services in the following areas, adoption therapy, postpartum counseling, divorce therapy, marriage and family counseling, therapy with those adjusting to chronic medical diagnoses, grief therapy, and abuse counseling. Ms. Alexia is well-versed in issues related to relationships, parenting, codependence, and trauma. She also leads through inspiring and teaching post-master's level social workers and marriage and family therapists as a Florida-approved supervisor as they work towards licensure. Her other professional activities include president of a National Women's Empowerment Organization, board member of Tenant Health Care Ethics Committee, writing Tenant Health Care's adoption policies, launching and supporting the National Association for Divorce Professionals, guest appearances with the Housewives of Atlanta and the Housewives of Miami, speaking with nationally known figures like author and life coach Tony Gaskins, Jr., and speaking at venues for women's empowerment, single mothers, schools, corporations, and Christian ministries. Miss Alexia's motto, Reclaim Your Future, embodies the work of her company, Therapeutic Center for Hope, as she focuses on bringing the best out of you and nurturing you to reach your destiny. Well, Miss Alexia, your resume and your credentials are wonderful, and it is absolutely my joy and honor to have you as a guest on the show today. So thank you for the openness of your heart to be here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, I'm going to dive into the first question, which is, can you tell us some about your personal history? 
Oh, well, you know, you you said it. I'm telling you, after such a great <laughs> intro, it's kind of hard to give anything else, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am a wife, a mother, uh, you know, I, uh, a woman entrepreneur. I, I call that a mompreneur here. You know, I love I, that. Yeah. You know what? I'm a lover of people, and I, my goal has always been really just to see people get from where they are to where they desire to be and not yes. be stuck in that place. So I founded, I founded um, Therapeutic Center for Hope um, in about 2013 after I, you know, I've been practicing now. Honestly, it's, it's crazy to see because I still think of myself as young and hot, right, uh, for over 20 years. So okay. it's funny to say that when I, when I stepped out on my own, I had people pushing me to step out on my own for so long, but mm-hmm. – it took me a little bit to get there just because I think of natural, uh, you know, we, we, are, we get very comfortable in our place, but there's been nothing yes. better. And just, you know, when you feel being led into a, yes. um, into a certain area of your life, and that's what, you know, I truly believe in. Sometimes, you know, there's a, another force that's pushing us, but we're resisting right. it. But when we finally succumb to that, then it is amazing what is birth. Yes, yes it is. And it, it's so nice to hear you say that, very seldom is it a straight path. I, I think that for mm-hmm. most of us, it it is a coming together of multiple factors, right? And, Absolutely. And, and we literally grow into our, our destiny. So thanks for saying that. And <laughs> then my, my next question is, can you tell us some about your spiritual history? Oh, geez. You know, I grew up, it's 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 funny whenever anyone asks me because I grew up, you know, my dad was Jamaican, he's Jamaican, and my okay. mom is from, you know, he's from the she's from the UK. I was born okay. in Canada, and my wow. my parents, they yeah, I was born in Edmonton, where you don't find many, you know, many of us that grow up in Edmonton. <laughs> okay, but I tell you, it was, but they felt it so important for us to um to grow up. I have a brother for us to really be schooled in in Jamaica, where my dad, his family was a part of the head of ministries for the whole Caribbean. So, you know, yeah, and so growing up, I grew up actually Pentecostal in the Pentecostal church. um, And, you know, loved, you know, knew that that was a part of my life. But until I got a little bit older, I'll even say in college, that Mm -hmm. I really experienced um, spirituality for myself and how much it could bring. And, you know, I'm going to tell you the story of, yeah, there was one day I went to I was actually in, I was going to, I was very balanced in college. So I mm-hmm. partied a lot and I still went to church. I made it every Sunday, right? <laughs> so I, love it. I, I might have hit the curb a couple times, but I was there. So I, right. I ended up going and I was sitting in church. I was invited by another friend of mine to, it was a children's, they had like a children's ministry that day. Mm-hmm. And the joy that I saw in the kids really brought me to the point to say a lot of times we, we are raised with spirituality, Christianity, whatever, whatever religion you might be. You know, for yes. me it was Christianity, but we don't truly get in touch until something hits us. Yes. And at that yes. point, yeah, something really, it hit me in a way to where I knew that the relationship that these kids had with God, you know, is what I wanted in my life as well, too, because it was a joy about them and a peace yes. about them. That I truly, even though I grew up in this, grew up in this, you know, ministry family, I had never right. truly felt. So right. that has really carried me and taken me through, and you know, I lived that purpose in my life. 
What a beautiful story. And, you know, I think it illustrates for most of us, I think that we're brought up with the, you know, ideals Mm -hmm. and the vision of our parents regarding spirituality. But I think each one of us gets to a point where we have to, you know, come to a revelation of God for ourselves. Um, yes, 100%. And, and, yeah, and, and that's important. Um, it, it adds depth. It, it, it adds something that no one can take away. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm glad that you illustrate that for us because, uh, you know, this is, this is the task for each person. So I, I'm just glad to hear that I'm not the only one, <laughs> right, <laughs> who seems yeah, to get a hold of it maybe a little bit later in life, right? Yes. Well, a lot of us don't talk about that aspect of our life. It's like passe to talk about, okay, how we got to, you know, how we got through. So if people tell you, you know, the, the benefits that they had, you know, in business or with friends or whatever, right. but not truly right. how spirituality might have brought them to another area of their life. And I think it's so important, and I really commend you for it, for putting that oh. out there, because without that, you know, when you have a faith in something, then it yes. really gives you a greater uh, propensity to be able to graduate, yes. know your worth, and graduate to where you are supposed to be. Yes, yes. And, you know, it is so wonderful, you, wonderful for you to say that. Because I know you're trained as a mental health clinician, I know you'll appreciate this. You know, when I mm-hmm. was in school for psychology, which was also many, many years ago, mm-hmm. there was no such thing as uh, integrating spirituality or religion into psychology. Mm-hmm. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, what they taught us was is that the two are mutually exclusive and that mm-hmm. if you want to be a good psychologist, you don't bring up faith or spirituality. <laughs> but, you know, I, and so I, I will say as a new doctor, I struggled with that because, mm-hmm. you know, I know that God is a part of me. He is alive on the inside of me. But yet I was taught in terms of my academic training something else. But, yeah. but I am going to say that God gave me the, the courage, I'm going to say, to step out in a combination of both where he has the preeminence. I know who he is. I know that he's the healer. I know that he's the lover of man. I know that it is him that has the ability to change the hearts, the destiny uh, of people. And when you know that, you can integrate your psychology into that framework, and it just makes everything, you know, come more alive. And the other thing I found out is that, you know, people are hungering and thirsting for being fed in their spirit. Yes. You know, and I was surprised at that because, you know, we're taught to believe, ah, you know, nobody cares about religion and God and spirituality, (laughs) you know. But nothing could be further from the truth. Most yes. people appreciate it and applaud you, right, for having the faith and the courage to ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask. Well, I mean, you know, as a mental health practitioner as well, you know, everyone's looking for something. But whether when yes. we get depressed, when we have anxiety, you're looking for something in your life to fill whatever void that is present at that time. Yes. So, you know, if people can find a, uh, something to fill it, uh, such as faith, you have to have faith in something, then it can, yes. it can give you the courage to just really move on and take the steps that you need to make the decisions and to, to get above, to get beyond yes. the fear and the anxiety and to choose, yes. you know, even in our relationships, to choose the right people that are surrounding us. And I'm talking about more than just, you know, a romantic relationship or a marriage, right. but even our relationships right. with ourselves and with our friends so that we can avoid yes. disappointment because we know our worth. Yes. 
Amen. Well, what made you name your practice Therapeutic Center for Hope? (laughs) Well, I will tell you, going back to the fact that, you know, I kind of questioned, I had other professionals. Now, a big part, 50% of my um, practice is adoptions, and people know me a lot. They know me for relationships, divorce, all of that stuff. So I I had gone through my own divorce had moved okay. back to South Florida. I was um, in church one day. Now, this is okay. in church and just sitting down and saying, you know what, I've gone through the steps now that I was, like, encouraged by all these attorneys that I do adoptions with to go out on my own, had cases before I even had business cards, but still okay. not, right? So I'm sitting in there, and they had this big talk on, you know, your why. You know, how come, how come we do the things that we do? What pushes us? Yes. And many yes. times in, when, when anybody is sitting in church, I, I won't even just isolate myself, but we always say, oh, man, this message is for this person. I'm going yes. to send this message <laughs> to somebody else. But yes. this day, I was like, oh, my gosh, this message is totally for me. Because what it, <laughs> it, when I'm asking myself what's my why, it's because of hope. I know that the things that yes. I went through that led me to where I am today, you know, yes. and just as there's, there's like, you know, through pain, there's like promise. And, you know, there's hope, and we have to get ourselves to a position to feel before we can heal. (laughs) Yes, yes. And and get to the other side, but that takes hope. So, you know, Therapeutic Center for Hope just for me embodies exactly the principles of what we practice here, regardless of whether you're you're going through another phase of of life, um, through anxiety, through your relationship issues, that there is, we have to define it and really find out and strategize for success. Yes, excellent, excellent. I, mm-hmm. I love that. So you kind of answered this before, but I'm going to ask it again. What made you focus your practice on relationship issues? Oh, because everybody has them. You know, yeah, that's right. Everybody has them. So you, we, even, even beyond that, whenever I'm doing any type of therapy with anyone, it could even be with, like, child therapy. You know, they're yes. focused on or looking at how relationships with others, yes. with others affect their relationship with their self. Yeah. So it, really for me, it's so important for people to understand how they relate to people and how yes. they can choose the right relationships that are around them, again, you know, from romantic relationships to to friendships to whatever, that you have a choice because you draw people to you and you accept the people that come around. I said the other day to a client, I said, of course, I said, you're awesome. Of course, everyone is going to be attracted to you. But it doesn't mean that because they're attracted to you that you have to accept them into your space. You know, know your worth. Know who's worthy of being in that space and how you're going to bring that in. Yes. Excellent. Well, I think this is the perfect place for a break. Please join us after the break when my guest, licensed mental health professional Alexia McLeod, founder of Therapeutic Center for Hope Incorporated in Wellington, Florida, will talk more about therapeutic services for relationship, marriage, family, divorce, and adoption issues.
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing. And I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the topic for today's show is Relationships. It's a struggle. How therapeutic support services can provide hope for couples, marriage, family, divorce, and adoption issues. And my guest is licensed mental health professional Alexia McLeod, LCSW, founder of Therapeutic Center for Hope Incorporated in Wellington, Florida. All right, then. Can you describe each specific relationship therapy or service that you offer, why each one is important, you know, this is a long question, and (laughs) the specific issues and activities of each of the modalities? Okay, well, there's several different, when we talk about relationships, usually people just think about, okay, marriage therapy or premarital counseling. It goes so much further. There's so much more. I do couples counseling, and in that, I think that it's really important for people to identify their own as well as the other person's needs as, as in order to really assess even compatibility. You okay. know, when we do couples counseling, I focus on the two individuals that might be in that room as individuals okay. um, yes. and then see if, you know, because if you're not happy with yourself, then it's going to be very difficult to be happy for someone else. You know, right. and that goes into even for marriage counseling, you know, as when as we go through life and life changes and the years or time goes on, so does our personal needs. We're growing. Yes. Just because we're an adult yes. doesn't mean that our mind's not expanding and we don't have different right. goals and we don't see things that are different. So in that, right. you know, we have to have, you know, open communication ex- assessments. Unfortunately, yes. when people are married, I find, or when they've been in a long-term relationship, they, find, they should be best friends, but they find each right. other the hardest to speak to or to really get, you know, yes. to, to, to let themselves, you know, be vulnerable. And yes. I think it's important to bring that back if it's going to be effective. Yes, excellent. You know, so excellent. and going, I do what you call pre-divorce um, counseling. Sometimes people just they get married and they're smart enough to know that guess what? This was not ordained by <laughs> God. It was ordained by I chose this, right? Oh, I chose okay. it. So and we know, and you know, typically in pre-divorce counseling, what we do is we attempt to look at the different issues that are going on. You know, is there a chance for reconciliation? Is it just that your pride is keeping you from really making this work? Or past things, the past traumas that you've had in relationships or otherwise are keeping you from this? Is it something that's reconcilable? If not, how can you part as friends? Because if you took the steps to get together in a marriage, trust me, the basis of it should have been friendship. So, you know, how how is it going to look for you? And how are you going to make ensure that while you're going through this phase, um, you can part amicably enough to not carry on the, the, the hurts of this and go into right. the relationship that you should be in. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. usually what I have found is that by the time the couples come in for marriage therapy, the marriage really is just about over. It's and, just about over, yeah. And it's really more one. pre-divorce, right? <laughs> yes. Rather, yeah, rather I, I very, yeah, I very seldom get people in marriage therapy who really are coming to work on the marriage. Usually, one one partner still hopeful, mm-hmm. the other one mm-hmm. is checked out, and they just are coming so that they can say, "Well, at least that I did go." Absolutely, that they gave it their best shot. 
I believe that, you know, it's kind of our duty to make sure that there, I mean, there's always one, you're absolutely right, that is already checked out and gone. You know, what I found is there's times, and some, one in particular case I can think of where I, I was like, I don't even know, God's going to have to reach down and touch this family because he was like, <laughs> exactly. but, they, but they would show up. And I tell you okay. what, in the end, they ended up getting remarried. Wonderful. And they, like, this is, yeah, this is like probably eight years ago now if I think about it. They ended up, you know, there was strength in that. And mm-hmm. even though it was, you know, whether it's divorce or pre-divorce therapy, to dig deep and figure out what is the main issue that is making you feel as though you cannot move past this. Is this something right. that is going to be eliminated in every other relationship that you go through? Is there a prize yeah. thing? Is there a community? You know, what is, what is it? So when we can get to that root and break through chains and allow each person to be vulnerable, they can make a conscious decision of whether or not this is a relationship for them. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's not. But just because people go to divorce therapy or pre-divorce therapy doesn't mean that they're going to get a divorce. It means that they're being right. smart enough to really give a proper evaluation yes. of their relationship, figure out if it can be fixed or not, and what needs to happen. And having that third party like you or I is amazing because it's not your friend or your mom or your sister right. that's going to take sides right. and be all up in your business when you decide to reconcile. They're going to be like, well, how come, how come? You know, yes. we need for a third party that's really going to give you the real. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and I yes. will say, though, it, it's very painful mm-hmm. if, if people enter into it with the level of transparency that usually is required, the level of honesty yes. that yes. is required. It, it, it is quite painful, but if they can, but there's something about processing through pain together. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think that also helps bind them back together as a couple if that's the direction that they choose, Absolutely. right? Yeah. As opposed to just always being angry and hurt, because usually it, it's the anger and the hurt that yeah. uh, drives and it uh, you're absolutely right, and you know what? I'm sure that you'll agree with the fact that you know sometimes the anger doesn't even start with this relationship. Yes, the anger might true. be, you know, it might be brought about by fear because of something that happened way long before, whether it be something they saw in their parents or the fear yes. of something that they had in another relationship happening again yes. with this, and they it's self sabotage. So to yes. be able to you know point that out because that's not going to end with this relationship. If you yes. have those issues that have been going on or that are going on now and they're not resolved, you're going to carry it right into the next. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it really is true. It is. Yes. All right then. So then, in divorce counseling, what what does that usually look like? Well, you know, as two former partners are together in divorce counseling, and sometimes people are like divorce counseling. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know it's over now. I don't yeah, now that's why I'm divorcing. I know. <laughs> well, you know, we we have to look at you know divorcing effectively. You know, there's co-parenting right. that goes into there. There's you know, if you have to have, let's say, if you have friends alike or not, we have to assess you know what could have been done differently, not just to restore the relationship. Well, what can be done differently to restore relationships? Period. Outside. Yes. You know, how can we co-parent together effectively? How come, you know, I don't want to have to go back and forth to court over foolishness. And typically when people are going back and forth to court, it's only because they're still mad. (laughs) Yes, that's usually what it is. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, and looking at, you know, if if I did that, like I chose, taking responsibility, 
there's some parts. It wasn't just the other person's fault, right? Yes. I don't care if there was infidelity, if there was, you know, right. whatever went on. There's a part of you that said, I'm going to stick with this to figure out why. How come you right. felt as though you had to accept certain things in this relationship and figuring out how you're going to do it and make better choices for the next relationship? Yeah. You know, and so that kind of, yeah. And then even going into like the post divorce therapy, um, it, yes. obviously that is after divorce. And that can take place. So I've done post divorce therapy for people that have been divorced for years. But right. still, you know, what happens, and a lot of people don't recognize it, it takes approximately two years. After you accept your, the failure of a relationship or the breakup of a relationship for you to really go through those stages of grief, and it yes. doesn't matter whether you chose the divorce or the other person did, yes. it's, you're still going through. There's parts of us that say, guess what? I failed. I yes. failed. And the fact is yes. that, you know what? I always say you didn't fail. You, like, you, you recognize that this wasn't working for you, and instead of sticking with it, and continuing to fail in a, in a relationship, you can't work on one by yourself. You decided yes. to go through it. to get. So how are we going to go through this effectively and make sure that your future partner is the best? He, he yes. knows your worth. She knows your worth. Yes, I agree. I mm-hmm. agree. And, and you know, I, I'm also just thinking about the fact that, you know, usually – the two adults still act out around the parenting time. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just one of the. I mean, the, one of the more obvious things that is seen, and yeah. it, it's always fascinating to me because a lot of times one of them, if not both of them, will continue to act out without any recognition on how damaging this is for the children. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, how many of us have seen children in therapy? where the issue is their, their, their crazy parents are acting crazy around the divorce, and it really is the children that suffer long-term. And I don't yeah. think the, that the parents really, really see that they're so invested in getting back at the other person or, or getting whatever they think they deserve mm-hmm. that they don't recognize what it is doing to, to their darling, you know, children. Absolutely. You know, children are usually, I call them the silent victims of divorce because on one side or another, they're going to attempt to make things better, especially if they live with, you know, with with the mother, especially. Right. You know, most kids have a protective factor about them. They see mom upset or angry. They try to do what they can to make it better. And depending on what age group they are, you see certain symptomologies, whether it be anger, acting out, school, you know, however it is. But they don't typically verbalize their feelings truly about the divorce to the parents. Um, and how it's affecting, how their behaviors are affecting. And we have to understand that if you're going through the emotions that a divorce takes, that your kids are so unsure that their emotions aren't even regulated. So the things that they're going through magnify that. I mean, magnify it. And it's, you know, it's it's our responsibility to make sure that they are okay. And if we're not okay and still going through it, then you need to get your children some therapy as well, too, so that they have someone that they trust that they can speak to. Yes, and yes, and and you know, even if your partner that you're divorcing is not the best, you still need to act in the children's best interest. That's what Absolutely. we always talk about, right? But yeah. I, I know it's easier said than done, but you know, it may mean swallowing that, that you think you deserve more time with the child if the yeah. child has a recital on the visiting day, you know, Absolutely. and it's your day. You know, not to think that the wife you purposely chose that date 
just for you not to have the child. I mean, things like that. The child wants to mm-hmm. go to violin camp, and they can't go because the parents are fighting over the visit. I mean, you know, this this is just not how it should be. It's um, not. And, you know, we all know that every divorce is not – divorce, is, it sucks. It's terrible, right? And there are some is. people that are going to be trifling, and they're, they're going to do things that are perfect. <laughs> they're going to be trifling. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. You know, you yeah. have to think of yourself. If, if the other parent is acting badly, and yes. you can be the only voice of reason and person that yes. they can envision as stable, then be stable. With yes. them, you have your cry time. I tell people, you know, go. Listen, I've been through a divorce myself. And I assigned a cry time. <laughs> yes, exactly. Around, around my kids' schedule, right? So, yes. I, you know, you have to ensure that you are in a good position to parent, that they can right. look at you knowing that you're not going to bad talk the parents that they're going to love yes. regardless because they're going to look at you later on, no matter how bad the other party is, and say, guess yes. what, that's that you would say all these terrible things, they're going to know, they're going to see it eventually anyway. Yes. You know, but yes. allow them to make their own judgment so that they will yes. not blame you. My I greatest agree. advice in that is maintain class, even when no yes. one else can. Maintain class yes. and let people know who you are during this time that you stood strong for the purpose of your children. Yes. Amen. I agree. Now, I also see that you do divorce mediation as well. Yes, I do. And how is that different from divorce counseling for people who well, don't know? Well, you know, divorce mediation is. is typically done. It's it's typically court ordered. Number one. Okay. Um, All right. But uh, you know, it, a lot of it a lot of it does overlap, except for the simple fact that it is something that's court ordered, and you want your purpose is to get them to agree on something, and hopefully not have to spend like millions. I call it millions of dollars because it's so much money yes, to get divorced, it is. right? It is. So that they can agree on certain things, but typically that's when it's so contentious that they can't. Yes. You know, judges right. don't want to be involved in deciding child. You know, how many times you get to see your kid. Yeah, they'd love right. it if you could get to agree on that yourself. And you know, we yes. have to tone it down a little bit in order to get there. And even just going back to the whole how spirituality, like, helps in that is knowing that, you know, you have to, honestly, the only thing that helped me was prayer and getting yes. to the point where I was like, you know what, I have to figure out what is best for my kid. What yes. is going to be best? How can I, you know, what can calm me? You know, yes. and figure out, people have to, you know, if, if music calms you, if prayer calms you, if being yes. with your friends, find a positive outlet Allow yourself to take a little time out because if you've gone through this process and have been through a contentious marriage, you need time to get to find yourself again. Yes. Yes. Allow it. Yes, I agree. I mean, I don't know how people go through the process without having a spiritual practice oh. uh, or, or a spiritual orientation because there are times when it is so dark and it is so painful that it is only the light of God. That's that it. can that can navigate you out of that abyss. I mean that yeah. that is what it is. Or if you think that you have been cheated, you know it is it is an understanding that God is righteous and that He writes wrong mm-hmm. in the long run, and that if you humble yourself, He will be the one to elevate you. I mean, there are principles in spirituality that help you, you know, cross the gap when you see nothing but destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, ahead of you, and 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 it makes you less likely to act out because I know that what happens in this divorce is not based upon what I can and cannot do. It is based yes. on God who loves me, 
who is going to make yeah. a way for me where there is no way and, and, and even resurrect something great from these ashes. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, right. before I had mentioned, you know, finding purpose in the pain, when I had gone through my deepest abyss, I remember speaking to my brother on the phone who is, to me, a spiritual leader, and I have yeah. just looked up to him in that way, and I said, how could God allow for this to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, God don't owe you an explanation. And I remember <laughs> that. It slapped me in the face because it was real. Oh, you know? okay. And I look, I look back now, and after he said, I just it really and truly, it slapped me in the face, and it said, you know what, Alexa, you've got to really, you know, you, you, you always look like you got it together, but you got to get it together, you know? Yeah. And I took the steps, and, I mean, years passed now, obviously, and I can remember the first time that I spoke on divorce and the true pain of divorce, yeah. because many times I think many of us that do public speaking, you speak, but it's like you're trying to hide things so that you can still maintain this, air of I got it all together yes. when the fact is yes. that all of us have been through a, we've been through a struggle yes. and walking through the steps that you've taken in order to get yourself there you know faith was just the faith that God had a promise for me that there were times in my life that I said this I knew that this was not the right decision God please fix it he was fixing yes. it and I didn't even know Yes. He said, yes. this is not for you. You made a choice. You ordained yes. this marriage, not me. And I have something so much better for you, but I have to let you fall on your face so that you can look up and see mine. Yes. And yes. When, we can, when we can walk through that and we can look and then we see the journey that we've allowed ourselves to go on and really embrace the pain, yes. we can start to embrace the steps that he's taken in order to open us up into a whole different world that we probably would have ignored before because we we had no clue. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Now, you said something interesting, and I just mm-hmm. want to have you uh, expound on that a little bit. You said that most people think of relationship struggles in relation to things like being a couple or marriage or mm-hmm. divorce, but you were saying that in your work, you look at relationships in a broader context, right? Yes, I do, absolutely. You know, what I do, typically when people say, oh, you know, I have these relationships issues, what we want to do is to look at what is the relationship that you have with yourself? How do you envision yourself? When I ask most people, you know, tell me about you, who are you? Most people, sadly enough, can't truly answer. All right. Which is, you know, and if you can't define who you are, what's your true vision? I define visions and goals that to me are different. A vision is okay. something that you would do anything in order to get there. A goal is an idea. It's okay. steps that you would take. It's an idea that you have, but not truly do you get there. So I define it in vision. What is your vision of how you'd like to see yourself and the people that are surrounding you in your life, in your happy life? Yes. So, you know, I, I believe that relationship therapy has to be expounded to an, um, to, you know, to an individual as well as, you know, we have to look at, you know, what was the relationships that you had, you know, with your family, with your friends, what are things that have gone right? What are things that have gone wrong? And, it, you know, I, I've always mentioned, you know, what's gone right, because we can't throw it all away. No matter, yes. even if, you, if you've gone through bad relationships, what was good in there? What made you hang on to it? Because those are the things yes. that you should look for in the next. But we yes. need to get in, in bed with, you know, what went wrong. 
what could I have yes. done different? Have some hindsight so we can make better decisions for the next. Yes. Well, I think this is the perfect place for a break. Please join us after the break when my guest, licensed mental health professional, Alexia McLeod, founder of Therapeutic Center for Hope Incorporated in Wellington, Florida, will talk more about therapeutic services for relationship, marriage, family, divorce, and adoption issues. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing. And I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And the topic for today's show is relationships. It's a struggle. How therapeutic support services can provide hope for couples, marriage, family, divorce, and adoption issues. And my guest is licensed mental health professional, Alexia McLeod, LCSW, founder of Therapeutic Center for Hope Incorporated in Wellington, Florida. I, I love that idea that uh, one of the first relationships we have to look at is our relationship with ourselves. I love mm-hmm. that because if people really knew themselves and loved themselves, I don't think they'd be as hurt when the other relationships fail. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you can hold on to who you are and then mm-hmm. whose you are, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that would help you navigate, navigate some of the other things. So in line with that, my guess is, so the adoption therapy that you do is also, I'm going to assume, around relationship issues then. It is. Uh, the, the relationship of the new child coming into the home um, and, and then navigating the relationship, even with the birth family, even though they may mm-hmm. not see them, those relationships continue. It's so funny because judges always think that if, mm-hmm. if you know they find a good home and they adopt them into a good home, they act as if all of the past relationships with the birth family has terminated or it's over. But that's not true. It it's still influences who the child is and how the mm-hmm. child thinks of themselves and relates to this new family. So yes. I love the fact that you do you actually do adoption therapy. Is is that the kind of work mm-hmm. that you do with the it's, adoption I issue? I do everything around adoption. So when I that's why I said God just had a purpose that was so beyond what I would have ever imagined for myself. When yes. I moved back to South Florida, I ended up. I mean, I, th- I took a little bit of time off to get myself because I think that therapists, when you're going through something major, you shouldn't be practicing. 
I don't want to give you marriage therapy when I'm going through a divorce. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So I took a little time off, and then as soon, like as soon as I said, okay, I'm good, a couple months in, I, like, I mean, I had five job offers. Okay. I had accepted one, and then another place called me. Uh, I was West Boca Medical Center, had called me and said, can you just come in, you know, and I said, oh, well, I've accepted a job. They said, can you come in? I came in anyway. I'd never dealt with adoption before. Not, okay. My thought of adoption was, guess what, these great families come in and save these babies, which is the okay. truth, okay? Yes. But it goes so much further. While I was there and I worked in delivery, labor and delivery, I was, mm-hmm. I was co-facilitating adoptions and meeting these birth mothers that were coming in okay. that if they could have parented these babies. They absolutely would have, no matter what state they were, because they're not all like, a lot of people think, oh, these people are on drugs. It's not that way all the time, right? right. So being able to really do some therapeutic work with them on that side with saying, okay, you know, what has gone on in your life? What is your really, how do you see yourself? What is your relationship with yourself and the people that you've chosen? How have you gotten here? You know, so I work with, I still work with birth moms. I work with people that have been adopted and from adopted families and maybe working out certain things. I do actually do the, what they call home studies and evaluations for those who desire to adopt. So I do anything in relation to that. Um, And my goal in doing that is to say that with my birth moms, you know, that they will do some, not just evaluations of who they are right now, but that we can have an open enough adoption and it goes so smoothly that they feel yes. as though this was not a loss, but it, it's a gain because they gave a gift yes. to the child, a gift to themselves, yes. and obviously a gift I to these that. adoptive parents. I so love we that. call it gift, gifting for adoption, not giving. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. But words are powerful. And, and when you mm-hmm. reframe it that way, again, mm-hmm. it gives hope, right? Yes, yes. It gives hope. So, you know, a lot of people don't recognize that ad- adoption today is so different from the adoption of, of yesteryear. It's something that's not passe. And obviously, I, I live in West, in West in Palm Beach County, you know, okay. and uh, down here, and I'm not sure how it is in Atlanta, but, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of people that just choose to adopt, whether they can have, you know, babies biologically or not. Right, they choose to right. adopt. And I think that it's a beautiful thing, and when done correctly, it is a great relationship, and some people have, you know, bonds that last a lifetime, you know? Yes. So yes. I love that. I'm very proud of that work, I love, yes. I love that. So you've talked about this a little bit, but how specifically do you integrate spirituality into the treatment or the different things that you do? Well, and I, I tell everyone, guess what? People know me, and they, they, know my, they know my faith because I don't hide it. Okay. However, okay. you know, I'm very theoretical in my practice. I don't have my practice, you know, as, you know, Christian counseling, anything else. Right. I think right. I, I want for people to know that it is okay. It's actually a question even on the intake sheet, you know, yes. it, it, do you have a faith? Are you faith-based yes. in any way? Because I, if we can utilize that in, um, in, the, in the course of therapy, it is so yes. effective. And it and it yes. works wonderfully. So we want to um, make sure that we walk that way through. I love that. I love that. Yes. And, and you know, I I think it's also good for the audience to know that if they do have a, any spiritual orientation, mm-hmm. you know, I encourage them in the, in these days and times, you should bring that into your counselor yes. uh, or to your therapist and, and talk to them about incorporating what you believe into your treatment because the bottom line is long after the therapy is over, the building of your faith, your spiritual practice is going to be Mm -hmm. the thing that carries you through to the end. 
right? Yes. Rather yes. than well, you know, you know, just the thing, too, is that, you know, our, yes. our spirituality, regardless of what faith we are, is a foundation of who we are. And yes. in the society that we live in today, oftentimes what we do is we take, you know, we take the world over spirituality, and the world can say certain things, but we feel as though we're stifled in our spirituality or faith that you can't say it or else you're, you know, you might be characterized as one thing or another. You know, and it's important that people know that, especially within this, utilize it. I do not believe that you have to be what I call a Jesus beater. I think that people need to know that they can see your spirituality within you and the principles of that faith can come through. And then they will ask, guess what, what brings you this joy? And guess what, maybe then you can share it. Maybe then they can share, you know, what brings them joy? When were they the happy? When did they feel a sense of peace? And, you know, prayer it's just, to me, it's a meditation. It's, you know, you're in there and you're having this in-depth conversation yes. with the person that can hear you no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, and it call yes. and respond, you know? Yes. So it's very important. It is. Mm-hmm. I agree. So can you give us some examples of people that you've helped with relationship issues? Oh, yes. <laughs> I can. One that comes just specifically to mind is there was a client that I had that initially when I was called in, I was called in for um, marital therapy. And okay. I love it when men call me. I've been, I don't know, I call myself like the man's therapist because I think more husbands call me and then the wives, and then the wives just love it. They're like, can you continue? Well, shortly after meeting with uh, this gentleman, um, mm-hmm. He decided, he says, you know what, I can't do this. So it became, uh, it became his growth in relationship therapy truly with himself and figuring out where did okay. things go wrong. He was very okay. successful in business, um, but not successful at all in his relationship. And who he chose to be his wife was somebody that was okay. beautiful that fit the stigma of the things that he didn't have growing up or in his life or even in his teens and dating. So it fit that bill, but it didn't fit his character. You know, she was the one, she was the, people don't like to talk about that, but she was the one, she was out there cheating and doing all sorts of things. And for a long time, he had just accepted that. Okay. He had accepted that. He gave her, you know, she had, as long as she had her, the, her allowance and it was an allowance, then she was, she was okay, and he felt as though she should be okay. He's working to try to develop his family. And this, right. is, this is one thing that, you know, we'll go into even a little bit more later, but uh, many people don't, don't disclose first what they call, I call relationship rules. So this is what I want in a relationship. Okay. This is what I desire in a relationship. Yes. You know, so for some people it might be okay to have that open For him it definitely was not. You know, and when he started to learn who he was, what his worth was, what, you know, really define how a relationship, an effective relationship would look to him, he knew that what he chose was not that. It was not that. You know, so how could he, we worked a lot on how he could define himself and still, you know, keep the true root of who he was, work through the things that had kept him which was a history right. of abuse, a history of, like, you know, a loss of his own father, a desire to try okay. to keep his, his family together regardless of whatever was going on, despite the fact that the hurts that he felt were similar to the hurts that were being bestowed upon his own children. All right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a lot. It worked out great. And, you know, to me, to me as a therapist, being able to watch somebody walk through and really say, oh, my gosh, this is where it started. And not just yes. where it started, 
but this is the things that I need to do to make it right. And start. Right. I, I mean, I'm happy to say he's in a great relationship now and has a healthy relationship with his kids and is continuing his success, you know, business-wise. But it is um, it, to, it only takes, like, a true realization to be able to right. say, okay, here is where it is. A lot of people don't know where that, you know, where the, where the right. little pin is that, like, is sticking them, that's keeping them stuck. Right. So did he, did he stay with the same wife? Or did she change no. or did No. Oh, so what okay. and what was they had two t- totally different um goals. Hers was, okay. you know, a financial goal and I okay. you know a lot a lot of the things I think she just didn't hear even though she was disclosing it. Even when they got married, she told him she didn't love him. But for whatever oh, reason it was it was okay for him because guess what? I he had never had a beautiful girl before. He's a good I have to tell you this is a good-looking guy. That you would, okay. If you saw him, a good-looking guy, went to church, you know, had his business, tried to live life right, but there was so much missing in his life before and his, how he saw himself, his relationship with himself, that he couldn't in turn develop a positive relationship with others. And that's in friendships, definitely in his marriage. He was willing to accept less than. All right. Because it looks good. Right. Right? I was going to say that that's a trade-off that a lot of men make sometimes. Well, you know, you have been an excellent and wonderful guest. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I thank you so much for sharing with us today. And believe me, I think it's given me and a lot of us in the audience a lot to think about, you know, in terms of looking at relationships differently and beginning with the relationship with ourselves. I just think that's so important for everybody to remember. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing Thank you that so today. much for having me. Okay. If the audience wanted to contact you or reach out to you for more information, how would they do that? Well, you know, give me a call. You can call at 512-206-4073. You can search for me at Alexia at AlexiaMcLeod.com. All right. I'm going to have you give the number one more time and then spell your name so that they know okay. how, to, how to find you. Thank you for that. Okay, the phone number is 561-206-4073. Or you can reach me um, by email or on my website, which is A-L-E-X-I-A-M-C-L-E-O-D.com. So that's www.alexiamcleod.com. Excellent, excellent. So... At the end of my show, I always ask my guests to say a prayer or a blessing or an affirmation over the audience about today's topic. So I'm going to ask you to do that for me now. Absolutely. You know, I just want to really pray and say, Lord, I pray for every listener, Lord God, that's on this, uh, this radio show right now. I pray that they would have insight into what was going on into their lives and you would give them a clear vision into what you have for them, they would have the strength and the courage in order to walk through, that they could set appropriate boundaries in their life to block the things that you do not have for them and to be brave enough to accept what you do. In your name, amen. And amen. As we continue in prayer, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you, O God, for another opportunity to speak your name. I praise you and thank you, O God, for giving us a venue in the marketplace, O God, where your name 
has the preeminence. I lift up my wonderful guest to you today, O oh God, Alexia McLeod. I bless her work, O oh God. I bless the clients that she's working with, O oh God. I thank you that you will give her a double portion, O oh God, as she tries to help people navigate their relationships with themselves, their relationship with their family and friends, their couple relationships, their marriage relationships, their family relationships, O oh God, and even, O oh God, relationships as it pertains to adopting children, O oh God. I just speak life, blessings, healing, love, forgiveness, O oh God, redemption, grace, mercy, joy, as these couples and these families and these individuals try to rebuild, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that you will breathe the breath of life on them and give them something special, O oh God, that is beyond their wildest dreams. If the be anyone out in the audience today, oh God, who's suffering with relationship issues, oh God, I breathe the breath of life over them too in your name, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that those things that seem dead, oh God, in their lives and in their relationships, I thank you, oh God, that by your spirit you have the ability to resurrect life, oh God, and life more abundantly. I just commit the audience, my wonderful guests, I commit myself, I commit this radio station, I commit all of us into your hands, and I thank you, O oh God, that first and foremost, O oh God, people will seek a relationship with you, a relationship with the divine, a relationship with the God of their understanding. I just commit all of these things in the name of your Son, whom I utterly adore. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You have been listening to Spiritual Principles for Emotional Healing. And I am your host, Dr. Denise Johnson. And this show will be available to you to listen to on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash spiritual principles for emotional healing. And you can also hear my show on Spotify. Because I am believing God that as you repeatedly listen to these prayers, He will heal your brokenness the same way he has used these prayers to minister to my brokenness. And lastly, I want you to always remember where your spirit leads, your emotions, power, and destiny will follow.